Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual here, I want to first welcome my guests and I want to welcome James. But James, I want to thank you for coming because I know there's a couple of things that you're bringing with you that are very precious. One is your time. And I thank you for that because it is a beautiful commodity expensive and that you're willing to share it with us. We really, truly honor you and thank you for that. The other is your journey. How is within that? comes pain, joy, and sacrifices, and wisdom, and knowledge, all those things that you've gained. We want to thank you for coming and sharing with us. Thank you so much, James, for coming to Threads of Enlightenment, man. Hey, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here, Ken, and, and I love the way you open it up with gratitude, and I would just reflect that back to you, not as to shield it from, I receive, and you're very welcome. I'm just thankful that you get to be here. We had a little chat prior to the show, and this is going to be a good one. <laughs> they always are, uh, but I like yeah. how you're tapping in. I like how you're, you know, choosing to engage, participate, and play with life. It's, you know, it's an honor. Thank you. Thank you, man. Um, tell the people what you have created, James, because I tell them we are created. Living within all of us is <laughs> this creator that is waiting to come out and show them who they are. Talk to us about those things that you've created so far. Well, and for anyone that is observing this via via video, uh, and for those of you that are not, I'll just describe what's hanging behind me is what I would call a beautiful <laughs> mess. I'm just realizing, you asked me, what have you created? You know, I think in life, gosh, Ken, I think uh, we all want to take a good step forward. And, and that's a healthy thing. You want to take a good, proper, yeah. beneficial step forward. But if we're not careful, we're always tasking ourselves with taking the right step. And if we always mm-hmm. are pressuring ourselves, with what's the right step. We all know that the step we take today is a solution for, for what we want today or what we believe is going to be the most benefit. But always when we take what the first step and then the next step, we look back and go, I can take the next step a little differently. So if we're not careful, <laughs> we don't learn from our journey by and how we set it up. So here's the thing. What I see behind me, and I've never thought this through, and you say, what have you created? And I think, gee, gosh, Ken, I'm just a human. So what have I created? Well, I, I you know, there's there's that red ring that you see. That's actually a trampoline ring, uh, a mini uh-huh. trampoline that went broke on me, and I was going to throw it out. I was a little upset at it, and so is sometimes life. Like the pains we have, we just want to discard it. We don't want to observe it. And all of a sudden, I just had this intuition. Why don't I create a piece of art? I needed an art piece on that wall. So I took <laughs> it apart, and I painted it red because I love red. I love, for me, earth element is fire. And then I and then I created, and there's some vines that are growing from this now. Yeah. And it's like, why is this? It's like life supports all of life. You know, we get the circle of life, we get to engage. And so what have I created? Well, you know, and that's a perhaps a bit of a metaphor, but I like to look at it like this. I once yeah. looked at my life and I thought it was just horrible. I once thought that I had created some, and honestly, I had created a financial monster. My bank accounts were stacked. I had the cars, I had the vacations, I had the investments. You know, I kept the wife, I kept the kids now. <laughs> okay. But let me, <laughs> let me say it like this. Um, it was a, it was a good life and it worked yeah. until it no longer did. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I blame myself for the mess that I created and it threw me into a story for two and a half years. I found a way. I created a way to success. I, there's the I. I created yeah. a way to successfully sleep 18 and a half hours a day for two and a half years. I didn't want to be mm-hmm. here. I wanted to check out. The dark night of the soul comes. And what do you do when you resist it? What do you do when you keep telling yourself, I can't utilize the mess that I feel? Listeners ask yourself, how often don't you feel like a bit like a mess? And actually, what is life? To me, life is all yeah. about we get to, we get to stumble through. There's to yeah. the point on not always having to pressurize yourself to like, <laughs> I have to take the right, the perfect step. 
I yeah. get to take, and you know, I defended, I resisted that invitation to embrace the messy of my life. And I said, it shouldn't be so. 2008 came and I was in the real estate industry. My son was born with high functioning autism. I was, I was hand selected by the government for an audit. All these things happen. I owed a bunch of money. I, you know, I could pay it, but let's say it like this. We all hit thresholds of our life and that was the perfect storm. The only thing mm-hmm. is I chose to desire to eliminate the areas of my life where I thought, what was I thinking? Instead, what finally took me out of it, which let me go to the next stage of my journeys, part two of the story, yeah, where I now utilize. So I don't eliminate, but I utilize. So I integrate. And I'm like, so I look back and you say, what have you created? And all I can think about, <laughs> I have created a beautiful mess. I don't know about the beautiful part, but the way I, that's how I feel about it now. I'm like, this is, it all belongs. Everything belongs. All of which I have journeyed listeners, all of which you have journeyed, it belongs. There's nothing, there's nothing wasted in God's kingdom. Nothing. Not a thing. It all gets to be used. And guess what? Life forms from it. And the job is that you don't shame and blame yourself towards the finish line because you'll never get, you'll, 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 you'll never get to enjoy this life. That isn't the finish line. This life is, is an experience and you want to really enjoy that moment. Yeah, it is absolutely correct. Um, but before you came to that, um, I tell people is that shift in perspective. Before you got there, Jane, I want to go back and introduce yourself in your family. Um, talk to us about your first, I call it the lab, uh, uh, that we are, have the privilege to be in a part of, uh, where we have these scientists that are experimenting on us with, uh, what they think in life is the way that they have been, uh, accumulating some, some of their insights and so forth. Talk to us about your family, that family unit. How was it? And then we'll walk ourselves back. Wonderful. So yeah, I'm currently married to, as I was alluding to, married to Meg. I've been with her for 27 years of my life. I'm 46. So I met her. You can do the math on that one. Uh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, so we, so we've, uh, together, well, we've been dating or dating and married life together 27 years in total. Mm-hmm. I have two children. Roan is uh, 17. Harris is 15. Mm-hmm. Harrison has high functioning autism. Both kids are just a joy to have. And I can't imagine anything other than this family that chooses to let me love them the way that they do. I'm yeah. just so honored that I, that they let me love them this way and that they are, have been so gracious to me and that they let me be and give me full permission to exist. You know, and, um, yeah. you know, I think, you know, one of the things that when I think about the extended family, I was raised and we talk about the lab. You know, these different things, different ethos yeah. in life and, and supporting mechanism. I was raised in a very Christian home. My dad was a pastor of a mega church, like I mentioned to you earlier. And yeah. uh, so a lot of religion, a lot of organized religion and orthodoxy religion, a lot of Western religion. It wasn't prosperity gospel. It wasn't that variety, um, but it was still a lot of the Western. And for some reason, I chose to adopt that. I think many listeners can relate with this, whether you're a believer in, in God or not a believer doesn't really make a difference. We as humans, we tend not to give ourselves permission to exist. Yeah. And that was my angle. I, I, you know, I chose to desire something other than myself. Uh, my dad, um, never, never drew a salary from the church. He was a small farmer, but he, he gave his life to the church. Yeah. And, uh, and so when I was, and I had four sisters, I was the only boy and I kind of took, attended to the farm at a very young age and kind of managed it, whatever that looked like. And, um, and all that I can say is, you know, when I observed my parents and they say that, and so psychology says, points to personal development and psychology and psycho, you know, analytics, it points to that a human being actually will follow the lead of the parent or the mentor from a desire perspective versus a demand Mm -hmm. perspective. And so my dad's demand, my mom's demand was to live a good life and their language would probably been like a good God fearing life. Right. And and so good. Fantastic. There's nothing wrong with it. And, uh, it just was. And so do the right thing, say the right thing, be a good presence, do all those good things. Now, my dad's desire though, if you ask me on a Sunday, we go for a drive and, mm-hmm. uh, and my, you know, my dad didn't work on a Sunday because that was his vari- version of saying, I honor God and didn't work on the Sabbath yeah. basically, which, which I think is good because you got to find a yeah. day, if nothing else, even for those non-believers that are listening, you got to find a day to unplug, like switch the rhythm up. If you're just doing seven yeah. days working, <laughs> you're going to burn yeah. out. You got to find a way of unplugging. And yeah. so he, he unplugged. And so what was beautiful is often on a Sunday, we take the car and, uh, well, he'd be driving and we'd, we'd all be sitting in the back seat, all like mm-hmm. five of us as little kids popping <laughs> in the back seat. We go for a drive and sometimes we go to town and get an ice cream cone. 
And after the ice cream cone, we drive through the countryside and we just drive and, you know, and, you know, uh, you know, observe farmer, you know, the land because yeah. he had land. But then at, t- at times there are people who were, who were harvesting or who were driving a tractor on a Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And so my dad, what he would say is he'd be like, Oh, it's too bad that they're working on Sunday. And so this is what he would say. And it was, it was more than okay. Cause he just said what yeah. he wanted to say. The only thing that I could pick up was his desire. His desire is when we drove past yards that looked yeah. really pristine, he'd say, uh-huh. doesn't that look nice? Or if he'd <laughs> see somebody who had a brand new John Deere combine, he'd be like, wow, that yeah. looks really nice. So I picked up, whether he des- designed it this way, I picked up his desire was for finance. Yeah. Right? And so when I got married, what 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 was my first thing? Well, I exited the lab of that part of my journey with home life. And I exited and I yeah. said, oh. I got to make a bunch of money. So I did. <laughs> and the only thing is after I made a bunch of money, I felt really empty. I felt really, I just remember 2008 came and I remember thinking I wasn't going to be able to bring home the loot the way that I was yeah. brought home. Uh, yeah. And though we were fine, financially we were okay. Right. But I remember questioning my worth. And of course, how yeah. doesn't, you know, if we constantly just bring external, like the masculine presence in an unhelpful way is always thinking external. Yeah. We got, we have to find a way to let the internal um, develop because yeah. the internal controls are external. And so yeah. I remember feeling like a fallacy. I remember thinking that what I created in my business was likely just a, a luck and a runoff. It wasn't really something that was of good. And there's no way I could recreate this. And of course, what do you do? Well, I checked out of life. I hate to say it, but I checked out yeah. of life. And uh, there you go. Yeah, I checked out until I checked in. Because when I checked in, I was in. <laughs> oh, man. Um, as far as the resting, I tell him, if God rests after seven days, we could we, we, are, we can afford one, too. So he, mm-hmm. he checked out. He's like, look, I'm done. It looks right? good. I love it. I think it's awesome. This is some good stuff. Let me just rest. And he did it. There's nothing wrong with us doing it. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely believe what you believe also is that as men, we we tend to uh, from the outside we look at what we produce as far as work and stuff like that and we our manhood James is based on that and um, many uh, men I I remember the uh, the, the two thousand eight I was I was uh, working with a builder and um, I saw that coming and we were like oh we always thought, we thought it was just like couple couple of months you know be all right you know <laughs> and then all things happen and it was just a mess but um I, I remember being in that space um as a project manager for for one of the homes uh, builders stuff like that and uh, i was building condos and homes and all that stuff in different communities and our manhood because when we lost i began to lose it as a man, because my, my job and my, my providing and my money and my performance and all that stuff was tied up in that aspect mm-hmm. of what society programs us as how we should be. But like you said, we gain the money, we've done everything, the white picket fence and all of it. And there's this hole that is ever present when we are looking at ourselves. So here you are, James, you, you went through this. You checked out. <laughs> I love that you checked out on, 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 and after you checked out, you, you talked it about a little. When you checked out, how long was your, your check out and what did you do and how did it affect James, the individual while you were out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So like I say, I checked out for two and a half years. I was really desiring to check out, but I was trying to yeah. check. Sorry. I was really desiring to check back in. But I was trying to check back in by thinking my way across a finish line, a perceived finish line, thinking there's something wrong with me. And uh, gosh, Ken, what do we do when life shakes us, right? If I think about it, when our foundation shakes, we tend to um, get A, afraid or just fearful. But if we go, if we become fear, afraid of our fear, now we have issue. I became very Mm -hmm. afraid of my fear. Currently, currently... I'm no longer afraid of fear. I dance with fear. But if we're afraid of our fear, meaning if we look at when the world shakes, the earth rattles and our structure, like what we've clung to, how we built our value, when that shakes, if we have, if we become afraid of the shake, we get in a little bit of trouble, right? And so, yep. and I like the way you language it. You're saying you checked out, you know, <laughs> 
got checked out too for Sunday. And so I, I just had many Sabbaths for, for let's say two and a half years, right? Sabbaths back to back. So, so what's interesting, um, when the ground rattled and think about listeners, when the ground rattles in your life, we often think not the good news. The only thing yeah. is the human never walks on two legs at the same time. Yeah. A kangaroo does, but a human does not. Mm-hmm. A human takes one step and then takes another step forward, but that time of transforming from one or moving from one transitioning from one step to the next, we're actually out of balance the whole time. And the human gets stronger when it's out of balance. So yeah. we actually want and have need of to both be solid and be shaky at the exact same time, because that's what makes mm-hmm. the human come alive. If there isn't both and, it isn't moving, it's not living. Yeah. And so... I just remember thinking I'm dying, but really I was rebirthing in a new vibrant way. I was needing yeah. to make room for earlier areas of my life where I thought it was darkness and darkness was evil. Darkness mm-hmm. is like the dark night of the soul. Why am I experiencing this? But I was needing to make room for certain places that my brain was taking me, my heart was taking me. And I needed to, like you said, like that red circle behind me, I needed to include nothing yeah. wasted in God's economy. I needed yeah. to include yeah. that this was a needed space in my journey. So who did I become? Is that, that, that was your question, true? Yeah. Uh, how, how did it affect you? Because mm-hmm. I believe that what happens there with us is, uh, we call it the, mor- the, mor- the morphing or the, the butterfly effect in a sense that we are, this cocoon mm-hmm. is beginning to tighten around us mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. seems dark. Mm-hmm. But, purpose of the cocoon is to change you and to to mm-hmm. bring you mm-hmm. into this different mm-hmm. uh, uh, person mm-hmm. but as you said many of us are afraid of that uh, job was one of those guys mm-hmm. uh, he said the thing that i feared came upon me and so he was a man rich money wealthy but he was a fearful man mm-hmm. even though <laughs> he was praying he was the reason why he was sacrificing and doing all our praying was because he was afraid his kids mm-hmm. would party and he said, I'm, I'm doing this because I was afraid. And then when, when all hell break loose, as they said, when G, when the devil came before, um, uh, God and he's arguing and God is bragging about this man who's still living fearful. He's, and God's bragging about him saying, check my boy out. And the enemy <laughs> said, yeah, you're protecting him and you, I can't touch him. And God looked at him and he made this statement, James, and it freaked me out. He said, behold, he is in your hands. And I realized, do you know why he was in his hand? Because he was living a fearful life. Mm-hmm. And all hell broke loose. And so when I, t- I try to tell people, mm-hmm. you cannot live in that fearful life because mm-hmm. that's not where you need to be. And all hell will break loose there. Talk to me about your all hell breaking loose mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And so you, it mm-hmm. has to come to pass there, you know? So, so what did I learn from myself as the individual? Um, so thanks for just bringing that back to the surface. Um, for so much of my earlier life, whenever I was pressurized, whenever I felt pressure, both sides of my life, things are squeezing mm-hmm. me. I designed my way of observation was towards how can I get out of this? And so I would feel the squeeze and I'd say, yeah. how can I get I can either back away from it or go through it or kind of sidestep it somehow? You know, because gosh, who wants to feel pressure, right? Pressure. Yeah. So what is that going to bring? We think. Yeah. The only thing is each one of us will experience a moment in life when we're, we are pressed from all sides. Yeah. Think about a piece of coal. When a piece of coal is pressured from all sides, a diamond comes of it. Yeah. And so who did I become as an individual? What did I experience? I experienced that I had observed pressure was bad, so I tried getting out of it. The only thing is what I've learned. So the second half of my life where I am, where I have an insatiable love with being here, that I get to participate with all things. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Whatever is in front of me. <laughs> this is, this is incredible. Like this is incredible man. that I get to participate yeah. and I get to observe and I get to have tears and laughter and all these emotions. Yeah. Beautiful. But I'll say it like this. What I've come to appreciate is that, um, the pains in our life are simply please accept inner nudgings offerings. So it's the acronym yeah. for pain for me. I create please accept inner nudgings. If you don't accept inner nudging, then we'll need to go to suffering probably. Some people say, well, yeah. you know, there's this whole thing. Hey, listen, if, you know, if you don't bend your knee, then God will slide me down on your knees. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like the pain. If you think about driving yeah. a car and the, on your dashboard lights up check engine light and you don't pull over and eventually pop the hood. If you don't pop the hood, if you don't, please accept inner nudging. I mean, accept them. Don't resist them. Accept them. Yeah. 
So pain in our life, if we accept them, then that pain becomes pressure. So here we go. Pain becomes pressure. Pressure brings presence. Mm-hmm. Presence brings purpose. And purpose mm-hmm. brings passion. And passion brings you to that rebirth of life. And so when I think about what did I observe of you, I tried so desperately to fight the insecurity that I felt. How often don't we see this in West in the yeah. Western world? Like apparently we're the one. North America is the one that's controlling the other. You know the rest of the world. You should do these things and you should not do it. Yeah. You know, and really what it ends up being is if we inflict our controls on other people, and I'm not saying it's, excuse me, it's good, bad, or different. It's just, it's yeah. something, but we have to, we have to be honest about our insecurities. We can't just say we don't yeah. have insecurities. Like if we build our strength only from the securities that we have, we're weak individuals. We'll never yeah. be curious. We'll never let another person pierce us, their perspective. We apparently know all the answer. If you want to kill the narrative, know all the answer. That's how you kill mm-hmm. the narrative. If you have yeah. no doubt, your faith can't build. You got to have some questions. They help. Got to wrestle with stuff. You got to, like you talked yep. earlier, you know, from the Bible. You got to wrestle with things, yep. you know. And so when I think about in life, you know, who I became, what did it make um, of me as an individual? I read a quote when I came out of my journey at about two and a half year mark, and the, and the quote was yeah. something like, and I'm going to botch it, but it says, "Listen, when the shell of the ego, so imagine you're inside this, you know, a shell. When the shell mm-hmm. of an ego cracks properly once, it never has to do that again." Meaning. Yeah. It humbled me for the rest of my life. Here, I was trying to exclude, thinking I was doing good work by excluding parts of my life and trying to yeah. shame myself and say, you know, why could you be so stupid? And instead of that, I now look, I, I chose to look at it and say, to be honest, I am both secure and insecure. I am both big and small. I don't have yeah. to just fight for being big, big, big. Who doesn't like to go for a walk? And if you accidentally step on an anthill, you feel bad about the ants. Luckily, you're mm-hmm. not an ant. But in yeah. the evening... Who doesn't like to lay on the back uh, or on their back on the grass and yeah. look up at the yeah. stars and be like, I get to be small. So yeah. we get to gain strength from all of this. We get to let it all marinate. And so as an individual, what I realized is I, and I'll actually share a bit of a story here. This is, this is fascinating. So you, yeah. you led into this earlier. Yeah. So I could tell from when you and I were talking, you're a man of uh, the cloth or the faith, but more of the yeah. Eastern way that Jesus would do life, right? Yeah. And what's interesting is just before I entered that, that season when, when I checked out a life for two and a half, Sabbath two and a half years, just before <laughs> that happened, I had been reading a lot of personal development books and yeah. I enjoyed it deeply. Mm-hmm. One day I thought I heard a voice, probably it was just indigestion or pizza or something, you know, <laughs> but it wasn't really a voice. It's just, it was more of a, you know what? I don't want to read this stuff. I don't want to grow anymore. Yeah. And what's interesting, and, and please listener, don't have me here say that the Bible isn't the good news. The Bible is the good news. Yeah. But what I thought is all I need to read is just the Bible. I don't need to like learn from anybody else. The Bible yeah. is my only person, the thing, the only book. I don't need to listen mm-hmm. to podcasts, watch movies, learn from <laughs> the people. Bible is my thing. And you yeah. know what's fascinating? If I, if I come back to it now, I'm thinking, it's my dad always taught me this when I was young. You make anything an idol and God will remove it from you. Yeah. <laughs> so guess what? I just was reading the Bible whenever I had time, which was very seldom. Yeah. <laughs> but when, but but when I did, it was like, okay, fair enough. The only thing is, I'll tell you something. All that I realize is when you stop growing, you die. Yeah. I stopped growing right. and I said there's this thing is the idol basically. And I hate to say it, but God shook my life in my whole yeah. spiritual way of of seeing the world and he he made something new. And honestly, yeah. I'm so grateful that he did because, um, I, you know, I was set up for the life that I am now way more than the other life that I was living earlier. <laughs> he said, uh, in his word, he said, behold, I do a new thing. And the thing about newness is that, um, we tend to hang on to the old stuff because it's familiar and mm-hmm. the newness, the new stuff, it, uh, requires a degree of trust that we, uh, release, we have to release some stuff. <laughs> and it, that's the, that's the little battle that we go through, uh, James, <laughs> releasing that stuff. Um, but it's necessary for growth. I, I, I would say to people, change is not change until it changes. And so, um, a lot of people <laughs> want to, they'll say it over and over and over. I, I gotta change. I gotta change. And I told them, I said, the reason why you are stuck is because you don't trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You don't trust mm-hmm. yourself. Because mm-hmm. you have to develop such a trust That's with good. yourself that when you mm-hmm. speak those words, that you believe them. And once you believe them, you will then take the necessary steps mm-hmm. to achieve it. And because you don't have that relationship with yourself, 
where you're able to trust yourself. Uh, I had to learn that, James. I had to learn how to trust what I said to myself. And first I had to go and learn how to gather that from my God. And he said, I, whatever I speak, I expect it to be done. And so I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I, if I'm going to mimic this God because he says to mimic him, I need to become responsible to my words and uh, take ownership of my life. These are some of the things. Talk to me, James, about the shame. That How did you overcome that? Because that, my friend, is a powerful thing that a lot of people are locked in um, in that space and they don't know how to come out because they have shamed themselves. They haven't learned how to forgive and all that stuff um, and the forgiveness coming with themselves. Talk to us about that space. What happened to you with the shame? How did you manage? How did you walk out? They say, and that's, thank you for that. That's, that's a great question. They say that the human being desires peace over forgiveness all day long. Mm -hmm. Because they say where we come from, where we're going, whatever that looks like, is a place of peace. And it's yeah. not like a boring peace. You're not just meditating, floating away. Like you're just doing nothing. There's actually something going on. There's living. So I just call it electric electrifying peace. <laughs> People yeah, go, what yeah. do you mean? I'm like, well, yeah. there's there's some life in that peace, my friend. You just think whatever you want to think about that, you can think about this. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you contemplate that. But it's interesting when it comes to shame, right? You know, I tried to forgive myself so often. Yeah. And, uh, you know, honestly, it just kept me locked in those chains. Mm. And there's nothing wrong with forgiving. But when I think about, to your point, when you talk about you need to learn to trust, need to learn to trust that there's something greater than what you reference for. And I'm paraphrasing here, but the Bible in some way, other spiritual books talk about this too, but the greatest thing that you will ever build comes from that which you have no reference for. Yeah. Because if you build I upon agree. your knowing, if you build upon your knowing and the unknowing, which mm -hmm. is the mystery. So the greatest thing which you have no reference for is building upon the mystery. Because here's the thing, we can say words like you say, but unless we act then we are them. It's like they say God. If you try to pronounce God, like in the Hebrew, you can't even pronounce it. So God, it's like, so God is love. What is love? Love is action. Love maybe is, is a word that's, that's overused and underutilized. Mm -hmm. It's not actually be, it, it's not actually lived. It's performed. People perform life or they behave life, but is it authentic life? We don't want to be like yeah. on perfection here, but if we really think about when it no longer works, when your life feels like it's coming to an end, like, to be honest, I didn't want to, like, end my life, but I wanted to sedate myself away from life. So, in essence, I was desiring death. And, you know, when you desire death for long enough, like, the human being desires variety. And when you desire something for long enough, your human consciousness and your being draws you to something different than what you've been yeah. um, performing and living and behaving. Yeah. And so, there came a moment of satiation. And so, for most people, there's a threshold moment. And the moment's like, is this enough? Or... When, when will be enough? And that moment came to me. I was at a Tony Robbins event, so speaking about personal development. I was yeah. at a date with destiny. And for any of you that have gone, you will know that his events start early typically, and then they go late. And this was a six-day event, and we, on the average, would sleep two or three hours a night. Now, keep in mind, I came from, my journey was I was sleeping 18 and a half hours a day. Basically, I was taking melatonin and, and Advil and gravel and just sedating myself is what I was taking a handful of pills to help me sleep because I wasn't that tired. But while I was at this event, specific days on day four was relationship. My wife hops out of bed in the morning and says, hey, honey, today's relationship. I'm really excited about this. Well, goodness, how wouldn't she be? Like, I checked out a life. She's trying to draw us back together, draw our life yeah. back I said, you know what, baby, I'm really tired today. I haven't really, like, you know, I've only slept with you two for two hours a night. I'm not used to this. I think I just need to, like, sleep. And she goes, she looks at me, and she goes, you know, baby, it'd mean the world to me if you come downstairs with me today. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. You do what you want. Wow. And I said, okay. And I thought, oh, she gave me permission to stay here. <laughs> and I was thinking already what she was thinking. Um, yeah. That'd be nice that I would go. But I'm like, you know what? I get to just bail. But I felt no resistance from her, none. Actually, what she said is, Basically, what I felt from her is I got to keep living my life. And if you want to choose this, this is your choice. But I'm going to go downstairs and invest in building a relationship. If you're not here, I'm going to yeah. leave anyway. So she went downstairs. Do I take my handful of pills. I would tell. I close those curtains nice and tight. Put the chair up against it so it's nice and sealed. I hop under the covers. It's pitch black. I'm like, oh, this is going to be great. I get to just zone <laughs> out again. I just get to, like, not be here. Like, I just sleep. Yeah. I just, like, let try to, like, 
you know, have it melt away and enter some fantasy, which by the way, what happens when we enter fantasy line? <laughs> no, never a good thing. We got to stay reality based, right? If we play a fantasy, uh, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Yeah. So anyway, I enjoyed fantasy land for about, I would say max of three, four, maybe five minutes. Yeah. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, pardon the language, but I thought, holy shit. Yeah. She's downstairs. Look what she's, she's raised the kids. She's taking care of her investment. She's taking care of the business. Look what she's done. And not just that. She just says, would you like to come? Who cares what she's done? She just asked me to come yeah. and she didn't even like make me do it. So she just released me and she released her. And here I am. I jumped out of bed. I ripped those curtains open. I got dressed yeah. as fast as I could. And I was white <laughs> as a sheet. And I walked down the stairs. The elevator wasn't working with me. I walked down the flights of stairs where we have top. Yeah. I got down to the seminar, opened the door as a massive room, 5,000 people. And I'm looking for team purple because I was in team purple. She's in a different team. Yeah. We were always like, as couples, you're separated to do this in a mm-hmm. very healthy way, right? You want to really get to know yourself. Yeah. And, um, so I'm looking for team purple, but as I opened the door, Tony Robbins is in the front of the room and he's talking about depression that day. And that's the doctor diagnosed <laughs> me. Depression. And he was talking about how selfish depression is. And I'm going, what? And I'm going, and please listen, don't, don't hear me say that. There is some depression that is legit, but most depression is depression that you do. And he was just laying yeah. there. So here's the point. I felt like I was already a hot coal. Like I was pressing yeah. both sides. Don't give me more. And this guy was pouring it on. He's oh, like, it's the, the it, it's learned helplessness. It's selfish. It's something you do. And then he, and then he walked towards how it is when you're at an event and you think he's talking directly yeah. to you. Really he's talking to everybody, but it's just yeah, hitting you. Yeah. So I'm trying to like, Duck, duck, duck away from where he's walking, and he's just walking directly to one aisle over from where I am. Yeah, but walking my direction, he's just laying it in, and I'm feeling like the heat of the world is getting <laughs> pressurized. Like, oh my goodness! Yeah, and then he stops right close to where I'm, where I finally find my group, and he's continuing the, the the depression intervention with this person, and he's just going hard at it. And any all of a sudden, the crowd he gets them to jump up, and, and anybody that's ever been at these events, you know. You, you, you cheer and then you clap and then you cry and then you clap and then you just do this emotion, <laughs> just like, just emotional, like honest over and over and over yeah. again. It's an emotional roller coaster. And then the, the crowd stays standing and he goes, okay, now I want you to do your group work. I was sitting there and the moment happened right there. Yeah. I remember thinking to myself, there's a song that started playing and it's the flowers of the forest or something like it. It's just a beautiful tune. Yeah. And I remember everybody was just talking with one another and then they, once somebody came over, and they didn't have sympathy for me. They just looked, and I looked white as a sheet. Because, uh, I mean, yeah. that's how I felt. And even my wife said, after she'd seen me come in, she said, dude, I don't think you look very, very, very healthy that day. <laughs> and somebody came over and said, would you like to come and join? I said, no, I'm fine. And that person, again, was non-resistant. Yeah. She said, okay, if everyone want to join, just come and join us. And I sat there. And I remember thinking, oh, I'm such a dumb nuts. I'm such a loser. You know what? Look at this. Life is passing me by. And then the song was playing. And I thought, yeah, James, the song, life is passing you by. And who's, who's making that choice? Look at this. These people are all equally beautifully messed up like you. They're all sharing emotions. Yeah. Why don't you get in there? And I'm like, no, but I can't because I'm late to the party. And I said, listen, I might be late to the party, but they said, it doesn't matter. You come to the party anyway. Yeah. So I got my ass out of that seat and I joined that party. And I'll tell you something. Life has never been the same. I was in the shell of the ego broke. It's when I had a yeah. rebirth. And honestly, I mean, I was baptized in my dad's church when, when I was a kid. But I yeah. felt like whatever the Holy Spirit is, I felt like that came into my life that moment. Yeah. And it was the most interesting experience of my life. And your earth Tell shakes, people. your ground breaks, the light shines yeah. in. And it's like, let it come in. And let it in. Yeah. Let it in. We we only exist, I think, James, until I, I tell them, uh, the Bible puts it as, our day of visitation. And I would say that until we live, I think on not basically plugged in, as they say, plugged into the matrix and any attention to anything until, mm. uh, there's this, uh, word that I love in the Bible reading it suddenly. <laughs> mm-hmm. That word to me is such a beautiful word because life is boring. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly, like you had mm-hmm. your suddenly. And what it does, the shift is to the foundation, but it also is an adjustment to the perception that we have. It is a powerful place. Our perception of life, our perception of life changes mm-hmm. that day. And then when it does, uh, things begin to change in us. Talk to us about some of those things that began to change because those things 
uh, is what makes life begin to the flavor of it. The, um, the beauty, the wind is different. Ten minutes before that suddenly, that until the wind would blow to you and you didn't even care. You, you felt it. But when that switch happened, that change of perspective, even that breeze that hits your face has a different, um, feeling, has a different flavor, uh, a conversation with your wife, a hugging of your children, a conversation with another human spirit that is in that same space and, um, tune with you. It is the most interesting place. James, talk to us about that time after that and what started to transpire in your life because I know changes come after that. And you know, like you said, they happen suddenly. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I think we often resist not death as much as we resist life. We're afraid of life. Yeah. Because we let all of life in. It's a lot to take in and it's beautiful. And it's to some degree, it's so how would I say it's like cascading beauty that just keeps flowing and flowing. And it's like you, all I remember is in that time being beyond questioning my worth because I had written myself down for so long, whatever, whatever flowed over me was just felt so soothing and it's just a balm of, of good. And so here's how, here's a few things. Yeah. I remember I got up and the group just engaged me and I'm like, Oh, this is so (laughs) cool. And I remember thinking, this is how it is inside these walls. How about if it's different out there? And then I thought of myself, but here's yeah. the thing. Here's the thing. Remember, who is the one that activated all? Who is the one that decided to activate all of this? I yeah. maybe decided, but then there's grace that came alongside. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. There's a tandem team going down here. Honestly, I don't have to worry where I go if it's going to be different because this is how it is. <laughs> and I just began. And remember, before this, I wasn't, and I'll say it like this. I was always very, um apprehensive about laughing. I was not a laugher. I was a very serious yeah. person. And, uh, but I remember just started finding, feeling joy coming from within it, which by the way, when I was going through that two and a half year journey, I, I do remember one moment just asking and praying or thanking, saying, thank you for the joy that I've had in my life. But if, if ever my joy comes back and if, you know, if it's so, if it's so pleases whatever, then let peace come into my life is what I say. Yeah. I'm like, I, you know, I want this. Right. And so. So, of course, you know the words you've said, and so sometimes the words you speak are the words that you're walking towards because that's, <laughs> that's what you want, right? And so yeah. joy started coming, and I remember yeah. leaving the event, and I remember going, uh, yeah, what's going to be like when I when I enter back into the house of what earlier was depression for me? So I walked yeah. in, it was like, just find the bed again. And it's like, oh, there's a new person, and I remember seeing all of the old constructs that I like I used to sleep on the couch or the sofa or yeah. uh, you know, on the bed. And even the, you know, when I saw the kids thinking they, you know, the kids are just little at the time, but you know, they may still have a perception of me. And, and all of a sudden mm-hmm. I felt them run towards me. And I remember I, during my story, that season of, of checking out, thinking that I probably lost influence in my kids. And they're like, daddy, daddy, you're home. And they ran towards <laughs> me and grabbed my leg. And it's like, you know, what's interesting is those years that I was checked out. It yeah. only took about a week and I had a better relationship with those kids than I ever had before, which by the way, I had a great relationship. I was always a good dad. I was always checked yeah. into their life, but my kids love me more than ever because what happened, I think they saw in me that I was someone that finally wasn't guarding against the emotions of life. Yeah. I was willing to cry. I was willing to laugh with them. I was willing to play with them. Mm-hmm. I was just all things, right? And so let's back it up a little bit. There's yeah. there's two things that I believe happened for me at that time or that event when I was at Tony Robbins. I remember mm-hmm. realizing that all of this is happening not in spite of me, but because of me. Yeah. You see, in my journey, that when I checked out part, I remember going, listen, people always talk about conquering. In spite of this, I got through it. I conquered this. <laughs> and that never worked for me. Because if yeah. you say in spite of, then we run into challenges in life again, then we'll always likely resist for a moment, for a long moment, for maybe yeah. a season of life. Because we're like, well, I don't want to. But then when we finally give way and, and, and finally we're kind of forced to do something different, say it that way. So we just have to yeah. come up the other side. And then we use a word. Well, in spite of that, I became this. I'm going, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's because of this that I became this. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of. So what's interesting is I stopped or when, when I you know exited that journey in my life and I entered this other part of my life to yeah. the point on shame, I... There was no more shame because to be honest, yeah. I was proud of and people would ask me and I would be, well, here's why I'm so happy. And you're, or, or <laughs> here's why, uh, for not just happy, 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 but here's why 
I am now here. Or for example, I'll share a story with you here. Here's what happened. And then this is to the point of, it was almost, it seemed like too much for a while. The goodness I could literally can, and I, this is no hyperbole, mm-hmm. but I could literally pick up what was going to be happening in the next moment. Yeah. I remember moments when I'd be sitting by my office desk, I was back to work now and I'd write mm-hmm. down someone's name. And then I wrote down when, when the deal was going to happen. I'm like, what am I doing? But I just wrote this down. Mm-hmm. A minute later, the phone rings and the person calls me and says, listen, I'm coming with a paycheck. We're going to do the deal on the day. And it's exactly what I wrote down. <laughs> there are situations like one day I was standing um, in the office and talking with somebody. And all of a sudden I felt a nudge to just put on my coat and walk to the exit door. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to the exit door. And I didn't have a car that day. My you know, Somebody had driven me to, to work. And um, as I walked to the exit door, I remember going, I'm kind of hungry. I opened the door and there was my wife pulling underneath the foyer. And she goes, hey, honey, I came to surprise you for lunch. <laughs> there were moments when I cried because it was just happening. And, and I was able, yeah. and I wouldn't say predicting, but I was so in tune that for about two weeks, yeah, I was just so in the moment. So the things that happened for me, let's be honest, my relationships with people, I no longer afraid just being mean with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My relation with my kids and my wife, oh my goodness, um, it is not in spite of that journey that we now have this amazing life, but it's yeah. because of, and you know, honestly, yeah. they showed me what love was. We rounded the chariots yeah. around somebody who's suffering. We didn't exit the journey when somebody suffers. We get closer. Yeah. You know, yeah. what I think about now, even finances, like we're in a season of life now, like, you know, the, the economy, us personally, mm-hmm. not so much, but let's be honest, we are feeling the strain. I'm hearing the stories everywhere. Yeah. And so I'm no longer afraid of the fear that is is inviting us to dance with it all day long. We have to utilize all things love. And all yeah. things love is finding a way to utilize the fear that we feel in our life. If we try yeah. to defend against it, that means we become afraid of it. Now it's weaponized yeah. against us. Now we're the ones that will be subjugated to its consequences. Yeah. So agree. when I think about overall, <laughs> you know, this beautiful mess, there's so much going on in here and in my heart. <laughs> and it's just... I'll, I'll say like this. I felt like I went through a complete rebirth and <laughs> the joy that I experience and the sadness that I can feel, my friend. And like, like they say, yeah. typically it's when you can expand your capacity for sadness and pain is when your joy expands. And so honestly yes. speaking, I don't think I ever really had empathy properly towards people. I didn't really know how to feel what other people are feeling. Yeah. But if you ask me like who I am, when I say I have an unshakable love of life, this is not to be non, non, um, non-relational connected to humans if anything i feel deeply and so yes you know of course empathizing with their pains first but we have to yeah. find a way of moving from empathizing with pain to empathizing with the possibility and i think that's what i love about your social show so much i tapped into it and so you do all things real <laughs> all things life but you're like listen we life, have man. to find a way to empathize with not just the yeah. pain but with the possibilities that are coming and yeah you know just let yourself into that experience i always mention to people i said when a situation arises in front of me, I I get excited because I know, first of all, I'm going to learn about myself. Mm-hmm. But then, <laughs> and yeah. I look at the situation and I'm like, okay. And I usually, first of all, I'll thank God. I'll say, thank you, because I'm going to learn something here that is greater that I didn't know mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. me. And so mm-hmm. I have this conversation that, uh, within myself and with him, I said, "Well, you said uh, let's reason together." So here it is before me. I, I, let's talk, man. And so I have this conversation. I said, "You said this, and this is how I feel." But let's let's investigate that. And I would have this conversation with God for a couple of days before I make a decision, man. It's really interesting how I do this thing. And so I will I will argue my case, but I know that what He is saying for me is what he wants is the best. He's seeing the whole thing. I'm seeing but a piece. And so I always ask him, I said, hey, I need some insight here because it tells us that the Holy Spirit is here to to reveal all things. Mm-hmm. All things mean stuff with my life. Mm-hmm. And I've been in that space, James, where I would, he would talk to me before people would come in. I even knew he would show me their life. I would sit down with someone, I would. he would show me, Everything about, I mean, he would uh, talk to people mm-hmm. that were uh, contemplating suicide, mm-hmm. um, a, a whole slew of things that he would show me as people would present to me. So I, I've been there. 
Mm-hmm. I've been in that space where you would write a note and someone would show up. I've been there. It is being in the place of mm-hmm. birth, I call it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a place of birth. It's a great mm-hmm. space to be because we are mm-hmm. spirit. And the spirit of the man has the information. But what mm-hmm. allows us, uh, we let mm-hmm. the circumstances around and all that dumb the information now. But it's sitting there. Uh, we just have to learn how to hook into it. And you needed an event that came in and uh, awoke it, and then you were able to walk in there. But you can always tap into that because it is who you are. And so um, uh, whenever a situation comes, it is coming to show you the greatness that is in you. So you should never be ashamed or no. afraid of it. You yeah. should just be rejoicing and have the mm. opportunity to learn. And that's what this life is. Man, this life is sweet. I love yeah. this life. This is something. Talk to us, James, as you began to morph and move. How did this new world where you're able to put together the win and loss, uh, the coaching, the speaking, all of these things, how did this now give birth from that uh, visitation that suddenly, how did mm-hmm. you now step in and create all this weekly win and loss things and all the other things that you have that you created that you didn't mention in the beginning. But this <laughs> yeah, guy no, got I a kept ton of stuff. He got podcasts. <laughs> he has all the good stuff. So talk to me. How did you gravitate to this that you are living from and out of, James? Mm-hmm. Well, perhaps I can just uh, begin by tapping into and continuing a little bit of the narration that you brought forward in that gosh, we get to live this life. And what I always observe from you is uh, you keep the facts intact. And that's who I am. So when it comes to weekly (laughs) wins and losses, you know, uh, learning how to not take something and bring hyperbole to it. That's bull crap. That's fantasy living. You got to first see reality for what it is. Why not Mm -hmm. wrestle with reality with what is? Why not? Mm -hmm. We don't, we don't need to resist reality because here's one thing that I learned. Nature doesn't think it's a cool idea. For us humans to think it should morph around us. That's not how it works. We need to morph mm-hmm. around nature. Yeah. Right. And when we get that right, we tend to like not resist. We're more in harmony. We're more in sync with. Mm-hmm. Right. When I think about when you say the space of birth, I'll share a bit of a story and then I'll tap into the, you know, some of my work. Yeah. When I really think about what my space of rebirth was, I'll say it that way. Rebirth. It's when gratitude came crashing into my life. And so. Mm-hmm. Fast forward just about four days beyond that Tony Robbins date with Destiny event. We had come home and we lived in Southern Manitoba. So it's, a, it's, it's, it's directly above North Dakota for those of you that are from the U.S. So we're living right on the Canadian U.S. border, basically. And it's a really cold mm-hmm. area. It's a farming community, middle of winter. We live in this little town and, uh, we weren't farmers. I was a business person in real estate, as I mentioned earlier, but I woke at 2.30 in the morning. And one thing that I learned at the Tony Robbins date with Destiny is that grat- gratitude is the antidote, or sort of the antidote to fear and to anger. You cannot be mm-hmm. both or either great or angry or fearful if you're grateful. Yeah. So I woke at 2.30 in the morning and I woke to a dream. And the dream was somebody was sharpening a knife or loading a gun and they're coming to kill my wife. Now, mm. I thought it was kind of silly, but it felt very real. You know how yeah. these perceptions, it felt really real. Yeah. And so I got up. And I splashed cold water on my face, just wake myself up a little bit and shake it off and then go back to sleep is what I thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the more that I tried resisting, the more I tried pushing out. Remember, my earlier journey was pushing out and trying to eliminate. The more I pushed out, the worse it got. Yeah. I started pacing around the house a little bit, just like wait, turning on the lights and turning on some music and whatever I was trying to do to just wake myself up and get myself out of the green. But again, the more I tried running from it, the more it ran towards me. The more I tried resisting what was here the more it just seemed to be more present and more real. And what was bizarre, and and, and in in our home back in the day, my parents never talked uh, really much about this, but I remember people having alluded to people saying you could anoint things with oil and stuff, you know? I think in the Bible talks, Mm -hmm. anointed my head with oil. And so you could like sprinkle oil on things. And I thought, well, we have olive oil in the pantry. Am I going to (laughs) like drizzle it over the sofa? What am I going to do on the bed of my head? I don't know. So I'm thinking this through and I'm going, James, this is crazy. And I said, James, Get in the cold showers. I turned the shower on. I got real cold. Yeah. But again, it just got worse and worse and worse. And, and honestly, Ken, it got to a place when I thought I should wake her up and we should get her to safety. And, and, and I'm not a dream. Like I'm not one of these people yeah. that really take seriously dreams. 
And um, then I thought, no, no, no. And then I remember what my dad had said when I was a kid. He always talked about where two or three are gathered, there I am. So if you, yeah. you know, if you get together, pray in group, then he's there. Yeah. God's there, mm-hmm. it, whatever God is. And so I, yeah. I figured, you know, I'm just going to like get into bed. I'm not going to wake her up. I'm just going to pray silently because, and of course, when I enter bed, she's like, she's like all of four, ten and a quarter inches tall when she's standing. But when she's rolling yeah. a ball, like she's sleeping like in a ball. She's like just this little <laughs> tiny marshmallow. So I lay behind her. I, I kind of spoon and I put my yeah. arm over her. And I remember thinking this might feel better already. I'm praying a silent prayer, but it's getting worse. Yeah. I'm like, oh my, I remember back in the day, I, I thought, oh my Lord, what do I do? I'm like, I can wake her up. But seriously, this is, this is, this is too much. And then I thought, what did I learn from that event? The space of rebirth was gratitude. When that song, Flowers of the Forest came over. I was yeah. so grateful that I got to take part of my journey and transition into the next part and let it all serve me because I'm not in spite of. I yeah. felt so empowered, so alive. And I remember thinking, yeah, but what's the good news here? How can I be to your to what I said earlier? You keep the facts intact, you're not hyperbole. How can I keep the facts intact, not change how I feel? It's like you say wrestling with, yeah, but God, this is how I feel. Yeah. This is what you say. So talk to me about this. <laughs> I'm interested, but talk to me, right? So I'm going, God, talk to me, talk to me. What does this mean? Yeah. And he's like, and all I could hear, all I could hear my soul, my body kind of whisper to me is just trust. Trust you have yeah. very little musculature for understanding gratitude at the moment, but just trust what you have no reference for. Just trust it. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, but the truth is, this is horrible. And all of a sudden I thought, you know what, James, enough of this. Enough. What's one thing you can be grateful for? One, don't, don't task yourself with 10 things. One, all I remember thinking is, well, the way I understand God the universe, whatever people want to say, I would, you and I would talk God, Christ, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. But that source of all love is more powerful than anything that I possess. Yeah. I have within me and it flows through me, but the source comes, I am not source. I am not yeah. God. Yeah. And that source is larger and bigger than I am. And so all I said yeah. is, and I audibly said this, I said, God, thank you for the bigness that you are and for the, that, 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 that you envelop everything in that. And that was all I could say. And I remember, halfway through saying it, thinking, what am I going to say next? But that's all I could say because that's when all of a sudden from behind me, it was like the bathroom window that was right behind mm-hmm. the master suite right behind us. It felt like the bedroom window, the bathroom window opened up. It didn't, but it felt like it didn't. I could feel air come flowing through the house and it flew over me. And there's a wisp of air, like a <sighs> suddenly yeah. <sighs> came over me. And then the front door of our house, I could envision, it felt like it swung open because I could see it. It was clear as day. The snow yeah. melted in an instant and the grass, which is brown beneath, all stood up. The trees, which had no leaves, all had leaves and they're all green. And, and it was like a mist. It was like a, a, a wisp of wind. And yeah. so my space of rebirth happened because of gratitude. It happened because yeah. I accepted firstly that my journey was part of it and then through gratitude. And it is because of that that I couldn't help but want to reach out when it comes to what you said earlier, I have a platform called Weekly Wins and Losses. Yeah. It's a virtual global community call happening every Friday at noon. I also do one-on-one coaching. And the reason that I do the work that I do, and I speak to groups and I do keynotes and we, we, you know, we do retreats, is that's the only thing that I could muster that there was so plentiful of within. Meaning the gratefulness was so deep from within, it had to come out. And it came out yeah. through empathy, meaning I want to empathize and I'm choosing to empathize. We as humans, we often feel like life is either a win or a loss. And we so often desire to convert the losses to wins because we think this is yeah. the bad news. But mm-hmm. we have become so proficient at turning news into bad news. We have become rock stars with that. We have a 17 lane highway that's developed out for taking news and making it bad news. Yeah. Listen, a loss is never negative news. That's why we don't have to convert it to positive. We don't have to change it. It's just news. Bible talks about, I have come to bring good news. I ask people here yeah. who are listening, where in life are you facing something that you feel like isn't good news? You might want to have a look at that because like what you're saying, Ken, when you have a thought and it kind of rubs up against what you think God has said, you're like, now let me wrestle with it. You're participating yeah. with it. You're not choosing to be like, yeah. well, I'm just going to say nothing and just obey. You're going, actually, God, talk to me about this. I'm I'm struggling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm struggling. I argue my case. <laughs> I argue with my case. So here's yeah. the thing. We get to argue our case by coming yeah. forward and revealing the reality of life. Fantasy yeah. play doesn't work. Fantasy yeah. play says, all I want to do is win. Yeah. That's a vending machine version of God. Yeah. All we want to yeah. do is say, life is good. God is good. When I get to pull this and watch this, I get gain. But what is yeah. gain? Gain is both win and losing. Because here's the thing. Every yeah. time you try something, like even if I think about 
when I try something in business, listeners, when you try anything, if you ask a girl on a date, if you, if you ask your kids for this or you say this, does it ever turn out exactly the way you had projected? Never. You always lose to a certain degree. So if we're not careful, we're walking away from people say they want to mine from all of life. They want all the gifts, but they're willing to walk past all the things that are happening inside of us. And then they go reach out on the external and try to pull more of that in. When the reality is we have all things we have need of, they're already given to us. That's life experience. Win, lose, or draw. When we come to the table and we stop converting news into bad news, we let it just be news. Think about this. Who is a parent doesn't have a child if they, if, 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 if they score 70% of a, you know, on a math exam? Who as a parent, the child might look at this and going, Oh, it's horrible. Like the news is 70%. Who is a parent wouldn't say, Yeah, but Johnny, at least you know what grade you got. Like, don't you yeah. want to know the reality? <laughs> if you can't see reality, you can never shape your future. Never. You're yeah. playing a fantasy so deeply. You're playing Enron. You're going to cook the books. Yep. You're going to say stuff mm-hmm. like, guess what? The numbers don't reveal who we are. We're better than the numbers. So let's yeah. just change the numbers to make it to look <laughs> as good as we are, which is right? <laughs> Oh man. I, I love, I love, there's a scripture I love. It says, come, let's reason together. That means that I don't have to put aside um, mm. any of my, That's so uh, good. I my, like my that. mind, my, my belief, mm. none of it. He wants me to come with it all. I mean, come messed up, come however you come. And I tell people, uh, uh, James, I, I, I think I, I look at it as not like a loss. I look at it as gaining knowledge. Yeah, all yes. of life I mean, is, right? When those guys were working on, on, on developing something, let's say the computer or whatever. And as they were doing this and you may think this didn't work or whatever, it was knowledge they were gaining. They were gaining. Okay. <laughs> this doesn't work. And, and, but had they not done that and that did not happen, they wouldn't have known that. So what did they gain? They gained knowledge. And knowledge doesn't have, to me, it doesn't have like a negative uh, attestment to it. It is just something great. I've gained something more, a little more insight into well, you, this. You know, I don't know what you think of this, life. but. Yeah, I don't know what you think of this, but I think you're gaining appreciation for the mystery. Yes. You're gaining yes. appreciation for the fact that you don't need to be God. Yes. I think that's a part of this human experience, and that's why we're housed in this thing. And mm. I love mm. I, I I love life, man. That's all I could tell you. I, I just I just love life. Uh, and I all you guys that are listening to us, um, we invite you to come and love life. I want you guys to get in touch with uh, James and Get into his space, get into his energy, get into his, um, his weekly meeting. I'm going to come in and visit a couple of times myself. Uh, so if, if they allow me to come in, James, I'll, I'll, I'll oh, make yeah, a we'll call let you and, in. And, and, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I would love to see that and get a, a flavor, a taste of that. But I welcome you guys to come and enjoy, uh, some, this life with James and get into his space, get, uh, connect with him so that he can uh, infuse some of that energy so that you can get a chance to see who you are. Mm-hmm. You are some good stuff, man. You're, you're rich. Mm-hmm. You're, you got flavor to you. You got some mm-hmm. insight. You got power. You got some mm-hmm. stuff that James good job. and uh, get in touch with him and he will make those things known to you so that you can find out about yourself. James, this has been some good stuff, man. And thank you for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. Oh man, it's been, you know, it's been so fun. And to be honest, uh, uh, sometimes when I'm on podcasts and I'm, you know, and I'm vibing with a guy like you, <laughs> I live in the West Coast. So here, here we talk, we're vibing, right? Here are these West Coasters, <laughs> you know, Vancouver and Canada. But when I'm vibing yeah. with a man like you, you know, and it's like two hours speak, you're, you know, you're, uh, you know, and I wouldn't want to say tribe because that, that kind of makes us look small, but I'll say it like this. You, you are of similar cloth, my friend, in the sense of, you know, you have found how all of what you get to participate with and how yeah. listeners, isn't it the best news? Whenever you feel like in a jam, you can literally wrestle with it. You can inquire yeah. with it. And so I love it. Thank you so much. I had a blast and I'd love to do this again sometime. But, you know, I consider you a friend. I don't know you that well, but I consider you and I've listened Same to here. some of your work, my friend. And I think it's, it's just precious and just keep doing your work. I want to encourage you and I'm grateful for how you show up in the world. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you. And you do the same. Everyone who's listening 
to this broadcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.